Welcome to Forte Catholic. This is your host, Taylor Lee Schroll. Yes, that's right. My middle name is Lee. I uh, Backwards, it spells eel, because some people have called me slimy or electrifying. Whichever one you want to go with, this is Forte Catholic. Welcome in. We are recording this on Tuesday evenings, as always. It is a beautiful day outside. Only one cloud in the sky. Somebody asked me earlier, do you think it's going to rain today? And I thought they were kidding. There's literally one cloud in the sky. We have this huge window in our studio that I can see out of. There's one cloud. And no, student, it's not going to rain today, you dummy. Okay, so we have a great show for you today because I'm here. And because Sam is here, Sam, do you, would you like to say hi to our wonderful guests and that other one we don't like? Yes. Hi. <laughs> I would like to say hi. Okay. Uh, Mackenzie, Mackenzie New is here too. This whole show will rhyme. If you don't talk into your mic, I'll st- stop you on a dime. So what if I don't talk on my mic, then the whole show will rhyme? Every single time. So we've got, we're going to have a lot of fun today. Uh, In our second segment, we're going to be talking with Everett Fritz. We recorded it a while ago, and now you finally get the chance to hear it. We had a lot of fun. If you haven't heard Everett yet, he was on the show a couple of months ago. He came back into town. We recorded the interview after a few tacos and and a margarita or two, and it was just a blast. And I think you're going to enjoy it thoroughly. In our third segment, uh, Sam, in our third segment, would you like to talk? You get to pick. You are representing all of the listeners right now. No pressure at all. All of the pressure. All of the listeners except that one we don't like that we already talked about. Okay. Because I don't care what they think. All right. In the second segment, would you like to talk? In the second segment? No, no, in the second segment. Would you like to hear from Everett Fritz? Yes. Okay. In the third segment, would you like to talk about... Well, you're not going to talk. I'm going to talk. Okay. Would you like me to talk about marriage or service? What do you think the people want? Marriage. Marriage. Marriage is, is what, what brings, brings us, us together, together today. today. Uh, I gave a talk on that at Mackenzie's night this last Sunday. I'll uh, I'll have to start off with a joke I told. I don't think I've ever told this joke on the air before. It might be the greatest joke that I have, which means I stole it from someone else. So. Because I'm not independently funny. I just uh, watch a lot of stand-up comedy, put it all together, and make it look like it's all one thing that I created. It's just called plagiarism. They don't have that thing for radio where you can like put it through. Like, How many words did he copy? Like you can for school. Like Sam gets caught on her papers all the time. It's like, this is 90% someone else's. It's like, yeah, you told me to quote the scripture. I didn't write that. (laughs) But in the first segment, Sam... I've mentioned it the last two weeks in a row. Yes. On March 25th, today as we record it is what date? Do you know? Today's the 16th, isn't it? That's incorrect. Today is April 17th. 17th. Tax that was day. yesterday. Happy tax day, Happy everybody. Happy tax day. I hope you paid your taxes or... Um, I, I think you can pay it till like midnight tonight, right? Till midnight tonight. So do it. I don't think they have podcasts in jail. So you won't be able to listen to this podcast if you go to jail. That's the worst thing about jail. You know how sad that would be? <laughs> There's a lot of bad things. No, I, well, jail. maybe there are, but list, not being able to listen to this podcast is definitely number one. Oh, okay. It's not even close. 
<laughs> okay. So on March 25th, I went to your youth night. Yes. And there was a young man who was giving the talk. And he showed a clip from Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and I saw it, and just like everything else that I see that's done well, I steal it, put it on my radio show, and pretend it's mine. Okay? Makes sense. But we've had so much content the last almost a month, three weeks, that we've tried to get to this Spider-Man clip for forever. So it's starting off our show today, because if we don't start with it, we're not doing it. <laughs> so, it's just not going to happen. It's, it's not. Sam, you tend to enjoy Spider-Man. I do. Yeah. Why do you like Spider-Man so much? Um. Well, there's lots of reasons why I like Spider-Man. He's young. He's very pretty. He's funny. <laughs> Some of the Spider-Mans are pretty. I wouldn't say all the Spider-Mans are pretty, but... Who's the prettiest one in Spider-Man? particular... Andrew Garfield. I, I think Andrew Garfield's a very handsome young he's man. He's very, very <laughs> handsome. And he's British. And he's great. He's British? I didn't know he's British. Yes, you should hear him talk. Like it, his real talking, not Spider-Man talk. That was like the guy, uh, Finn from Star Wars. I didn't know he was British. He's until, British? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> like he did an American accent in Star Wars. The weirdest thing. Like, America's not in the Star Wars universe. Like, <laughs> It's like, why are you speaking like an American? There are other people with British accents in there. But they wanted him to be American for some reason. Maybe he's more relatable that way. I guess so. O- only bad guys could be British on television. That's how it, makes it works. Makes sense. Even in Britain. Even in Britain. <laughs> There's only bad guys on television. There's no good guys. <laughs> so yeah, he's very British. Go go find a video of him. It's one of the trippiest things you'll ever do. We have to stop talking about Taylor. Focus, Taylor. We're not going to get to the Spider-Man <laughs> clip. We're going to go 17 minutes in the first segment, only talking. About dumb stuff. Sam, what was that? Not in good. Okay. Okay. So, March 25th, I saw this clip and I was like, we have to share this on the radio, but apparently it wasn't important enough to do over the last month. We are finally going to let you hear it now. This comes from a movie called Spider Man Homecoming, the first standalone movie once Disney bought the rights to put Spider Man in a movie. So, if you have not seen the movie, we have to set this up a little bit. Spider-Man has these amazing powers where he can do spider things, and he is a man, which is why he's called Spider-Man. So, he is trying to save people, but in doing so, he's young, and he makes a mistake, and it puts a lot of people's lives in danger. And this man named Iron Man, he's a man that uses iron, hence he's called Iron Man. He... Uh, comes comes over and he has all these fancy suits here. That's the, all the setup we need, I think. Let's just listen to the dang clip just so we can be done with this and I can get this off of my notes. I'm just kidding. It's actually really good. Take a listen. You didn't listen. None of this would have happened if you had just listened to me. <laughs> if you even cared, you'd actually be here. I did listen, kid. Who do you think called the FBI, huh? Do you know that I was the only one who believed in you? Everyone else said I was crazy to recruit a 14-year-old kid. I'm 15. No, this is where you zip it, all right? The adult is talking. What if somebody had died tonight? Different story, right? Because that's on you. And if you died, I feel like that's on me. I don't need that on my conscience. Yes, sir. I'm yes. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry it doesn't matter. I understand. I just, I just wanted to be like you. And I wanted you to be better. Okay, it's not working out. I'm going to need the suit back. For how long? Forever. Yeah. yeah that's no, no, works. no. Please, please, please. Mr. Let's Trump, have it. You don't understand. Please, this is all I have. I'm nothing without this suit. If you're nothing without this suit, then you shouldn't have it. 
okay? Gotta sound like my dad. I don't have any clothes. Okay, we'll sort that out. <laughs> that last line is one of my favorite things. They're standing on top of a building. And he's like, give me the suit. I don't, I don't have any other clothes. All right, we'll figure that out later. It's like, well, that's very odd. All right, so here's how it starts. We're going to hone in. I almost said phone in, which is what I do for this radio show. I almost just phone it in every time. Uh, we want to hone in on a couple, I almost said verses. Jeez Louise, what a day. On a couple of verses of the scriptures from the book of Spider-Man Homecoming. The book of Peter Parker. The bo- oh, there you go. Uh, first Peter, second Peter, third Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Parker picked, picked up Pepper. <gasps> Pepper Potts! <laughs> anyway, that's, I Iron, that's, that's Iron Man's girlfriend or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Her name is Pepper. Uh, Pepper Potts. Okay, Taylor, Spider-Man, talk about it. Yes, sir. Okay. You don't listen. You don't listen to me. He yells that right at the beginning, right? Because all throughout the movie, Tony Stark, who is Iron Man, su- uh, surprise, spoiler alert from a movie that came out. 12 years ago, <laughs> the original Iron Man, where he says, I am Iron Man, and the song starts playing and the movie's over. It's great. Great moment in film history. But he has these suits that he could fly around and he can be like in his house or anywhere in the world and he could talk to you and like fight with the suit, but he's actually not in the suit. Very high tech. And so all throughout the movie, he's showing up to Spider-Man, Peter Parker, and, and talking to him and coaching him and, and getting on to him and all these kinds of things. But he's not actually there. So Spider-Man messes up. Iron Man comes in to save the day, saves all these people that if he wasn't there, Spider-Man, like they would have been on, that their deaths would have been on his hands. And so Peter's mad. He's like, you don't listen to me because there was all this bad stuff going on. And he's like, you didn't even listen. You didn't even care. So I had to go do my own thing. And he says, you don't care or you would be here. And then in one of the coolest moments in the movie, the suit opens up and Tony walks out. And you're like, what? And like, you get scared at the audience and like you see Spider-Man and say, ah! <laughs> I didn't expect that to happen. This is trouble. Yeah, exactly. This is not going to end well for me. <laughs> but it, it, what I found so interesting about this, because I think the reason that it sent like shivers down my spine when I first watched it, is like I didn't even have to read into it. I didn't have to like put on... Like, oh, how can I turn this into a segment on my radio show? Which sometimes I have to do when I'm watching a movie or whatever. Like, okay, there's this popular movie. How does this connect? You know, this one, it sent a shiver down my spine because I'm like, that is often how I feel with God in prayer. Where it's like, God, you know that this problem is here. I've told you about it. You didn't do a thing about it. You didn't listen to me. And if you cared, you'd be here. I don't see you anywhere. Whether it's anywhere, period, or anywhere in the situation that I've been praying about, right? Sometimes we can be at a complete loss in our whole life, you know? These times of, work, you know, fancy Catholic word, desolation, where like everything in your spiritual life is dry, it's a desert, it's like Lent all the time. Can't eat bacon, it's the worst. <laughs> and we, and we, can, we can, I have found myself saying things like this, or it's in a specific situation. You want a specific situation. Everything else is going pretty well. There's a specific situation that you want to improve. It's not improving. God, what's going on? Why isn't this happening? Why aren't you even here? I feel like you're not listening to me. And it 
jolted me when Tony walked out of the suit. Because I'm like, ah, <laughs> that's God in those situations, right? <laughs> so, it's, so he walks out of the suit, and he, not only does he say, like, I, I am here. I am here. And even when I wasn't here, I was working for you behind the scenes. Because Tony says, like, who do you think was the person that tipped off the FBI that the bad guys were on this boat that you just messed up on? Who do you think tipped them off? Kid, you told me. I told them. They took care of it. And I showed up, too, just in case. You know? Mm. He was already planning on being there. He sent the FBI there. And, like, he trusts Peter. Right? Like, he knows, he knows that he's a good kid. So that was that was real interesting for me on prayer. Uh, one of my other favorite parts was like where he says, this is where you zip it. <laughs> the adult is talking. Another thing that I can think about in my personal prayer. I can I can talk a lot. I can read the I do the like the divine office, the liturgy of the hours or whatever. It helps me to focus because if I just try to sit in a room for 30 minutes, I, I check out after like four and then 26 minutes later. Oh. I'm in a chapel. <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot. I was thinking about something else. Like, you know, a lot of people, like you have like the Wikipedia hole, right? You look up something on Wikipedia that links you to something else. You start by looking up like who won the World Series last year. And then two hours later, you're looking at like the youngest zebra <laughs> alive now. You're like, how did I even get here? Right. So, but he says, this is where you zip it. So in our, in our conversations with God, a lot of times we can be doing a lot of the talking, a lot of the, okay, God, this is what I want. This is what I need. Can you give that to me? But sometimes we just need to shut up and I'm going to shut up now. Sam, what do you think? Uh, what, what was your favorite line from this Spider-Man clip? I know you love Spider-Man so much. I do. I do love Spider-Man a lot. Um, I think from, from this clip, my favorite part was the very end um, when they're talking about the suit. And so he he get uh, Iron Man makes this special suit for him to be able to do all these like fancy cool things, and um, he's like really excited about it. Um, and then in the end, because of like the decisions he's made, you know, Iron Man says it's not working out. You need to give me the suit back. And Spider Man's like, no, like wait, like you can't take this away from me. Like I'm nothing without this suit. Um, and I- Iron Man's response back was, if you're nothing without the suit, then you don't deserve it. You know, and I think a lot of times that stands out to me because I think we depend on our our gifts a lot. And it's like, oh, if I don't have this gift or if I'm not like good or whatever, if I lose this, then I'm I'm not anybody. And it's like, no, you're like somebody because God created you to be somebody. You know, it's not that he's a great hero because of the suit. You know, he's a hero because of his character, because of what he chooses to do with his time and like saving people and like trying to learn how to be a good person, how to be a good human being, you know? Yeah, I, that part, is what, like, that's what it's all building up to, right? Is that mm-hmm. final line. This is all I have. I'm nothing without the suit. And like, I had a, like, a kind of different angle when I heard that because I was like, he said that and I'm like, instantly, I'm like, that's a lie, you know? Mm. Because he's not nothing without the suit. He just got the suit. He was a hero for a long time before that. He could still shoot webs out of his fingers, out of his hands without a suit. <laughs> He can still climb on walls, climb you know, hundred-story buildings without a suit. He didn't need the suit. It was just the suit made him better and kind of protected him a little bit. 
He was already a superhero with superhuman powers before he met Tony Stark, who made them the suit, the suit, Iron Man made him the suit, right? So it's like, that's a lie. Mm. You're not nothing without the suit. You were already amazing. And I think, and you know, you were kind of alluding to the same thing, different angles, but kind of leading to the same point. It's like, you're not nothing without XYZ. Like, what is it that you put your worth in? Peter, for some odd reason, put his worth in the suit when he was amazing by himself. Like, what do you put your, your, your value in? Is it your virtue and you're being a good Catholic? Oh, if, if I'm not a good Catholic, then I'm nothing. It's like, well... That's a nice thing to strive for, but God came to die for the times that you messed up and screwed up when you weren't a good Catholic, right? Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's whatever, what, like whatever it is that you put your worth in. If you're nothing without that, then maybe you shouldn't have it. Bam. That's a sentence right there. I'm going to say it again. If you're nothing without whatever you put your worth in, you probably shouldn't have it. So if you're not independently the person that your wife deserves, that your husband deserves, that your fiance deserves, that your boyfriend deserves, that your whatever, whatever it is for you, maybe you shouldn't have it. So I'm not saying like drop all those things. I'm saying become the man or woman that you're supposed to be, the one that God has already created you to be and is continuing to work on you to, to become that person. That's Spider-Man. We did it. We'll be right back with my man, Everett Fritz. Hey, what's up? Lent is over, but you can still do something penitential like liking, rating, and subscribing to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting service. You can do it. I believe in you. If you don't think that listening to the show is penance, you're one of the four. But if you are one of the people who will enjoy the show and you want to like, rate, subscribe, and share with your friends to share the joy of Easter, you can do that too. Either way, go do it because then you'll be my friend. Welcome back to Forte Catholic Friends. This is your host, Taylor. I always say that when I come back from the break. I guess it's for the people that are uh, like just tuning in now. But wouldn't it be weird if it was just like, hey, for this segment, it's a brand new host and I didn't prepare you for it whatsoever. Hey, here's your host, Everett Fritz. He's not our host, but he is the guest today. Everett, how are you doing this afternoon? I didn't know if I was supposed to talk at that point. I did Here's either. Everett Fritz. I yeah. never, I never plan any of my intros. You should have so. just said my name, and then we would have had a long, <laughs> awkward pause. Okay, so if you were the if you were the host of your own radio show, you have a perfect radio voice. Thank you. I have it, a perfect radio face too. You absolutely. I think you made that same joke on the last on the last <laughs> podcast. So for those of you that that haven't listened the past couple months, Everett, you came on. Just about two months ago on episode 67, we talked about discipleship. And we're going to continue. We're going to have discipleship 2.0 conversation today. Great. But before, I'm going to completely just, I don't know, throw you under the table, call you onto the mat. If you had your own radio show, I want you to redo. I, I want you to redo my intro. I'll pull up the music and everything. How would you intro the Everett Fritz show? That's, what just, that's just what we'll call it for now. Good. I, I thought you were going to ask me to title my own show. No, no, no. Just call it the Everett Fritz. Are you ready for this? Yes. 
Okay. So you kind of heard how I did it, right? It was I, like, I think so. There, this is going to be terrible. You let the music play the a little. You got to do it for like 15 or 20 seconds. 15 or 20 seconds. 15 or 20 seconds. Are you ready? All right. I'll try. Okay. Here we go. Three, two, one. Hi, welcome back to Forte Catholic Radio Show. You're listening to our radio show. I see. I'm not good at this. I'm not good at this. I'm not. Okay. I'm not made for radio. I, I'm good at it as a guest, but you're you asked me to ab- host. Absolutely great at it. I, you, you're not. This isn't. Everyone knows it for the Catholic. <laughs> I already told them. This is now the Everett Fritz Show. So oh, Catholicism's man. all about second chances. So, uh, we have the sacrament of confession. You know, Jesus came and died and rose again so that we could have second chances. I'm going to give you one. Oh man, you have you have done it. <laughs> you're going to you you're got, stuck on. You got to right knock now. this out of the park now. You got to knock it out. Of the park. It's the Everett Fritz show. My show's for the Catholic. You're not the okay. host of my show. All right, Everett Fritz. It's the Everett got Fritz it. show. Got it. You have to come up with your tagline too. What's your What's your tagline? <sighs> I'm I'm telling you, I'm terrible. At name. So I've written two books. And each time the publisher has changed the name of my book because I titled it so poorly. So <laughs> I'm terrible at naming things. So they changed it. They, they cannot change this. They have no power over my show. I know. I'm just telling you. I'm terrible at naming things. So, okay. All right. Well, the Everett Fritz show, it's already named. You have to, like, your discipleship's your thing. Say something right. cool about discipleship, and then, and then we'll go from there. All right. Three, two, one. Maybe. There we go. Hi, welcome back to the Everett Fritz Catholic Radio Show, the best Catholic radio show in the world. You're listening to Catholic Radio with Everett Fritz. <laughs> welcome back from oh, the man. break. I was about to compliment you so much. That intro was so good. The best kind of, And then you're just like, eh, I give up. <laughs> but <laughs> I hey, was like, I'm out of things to say. Uh, so here's your third chance. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, we're not let's gonna, we're not move gonna, on. We're not going to do your third chance. The whole show is me introducing the show. <laughs> that, right? That's all our time we have for today. <laughs> so you are Everett Fritz. You came on a, f- a few weeks ago. Our uh, president of Red Sea catholic radio uh i texted like hey everett fritz is in town and wants to come back on the radio and he said uh fritz von eric i'm like i have no idea who that is he texted me this picture of this like rocked out masculine uh, wrestler right Mm -hmm. i was like no that's that's not who's coming um but you were one of the contestants in the ministry madness bracket and i'm sorry to tell you you didn't win uh, well, I was up against the actor from Bel. I forget his name, Eduardo Verastigi. Yeah, I can't pronounce that. Um, but yeah, I was up against the you actor can, from. You can Bella. have a second try. I was just really happy to be in your bracket, uh, and then I saw who I was up against. I was like, "Yeah, there's no way I'm winning." Um, but I, it's just kind of a joke that I would uh, be because um, the the bracket for those listening who aren't familiar with it, uh, it, it's all about who would win in a real life boxing match. So it's not even like who's more famous. Um, in Catholic life, but who would win in a real life boxing match? Which in that case, I mean, I yeah, <laughs> maybe I could beat Scott Hahn or something in a boxing That's match. That's crazy. But. Yeah, that people are stupid and they voted Scott Hahn way too high. But all right. Scott Hahn, you, if you've ever met Scott Hahn, I mean, wonderful theologian, amazing intellect. He would never win in a boxing match no, ever. No, the guy's a grandfather. For crying Lesnevsky, out loud, and they're like, no, let's make him win. Like, no, oh that, my god, no, Bob Lesnevsky, I would not want to fight. Oh, I wouldn't either. Dude's, dude's tough. In both Ministry Madness Break, I was in the one last year, and I was only afraid of two of the people. This year, I'm afraid of about two or three of them. I'm, I'm, he's one of them. I'm who, who's, uh, who else are you afraid of? I'm afraid of Alex Gote, one of my good friends. He's okay. an MMA guy. Um, I would not fight Jared Zimmerer. Okay. Um, 
I don't know who either of those guys are. <laughs> <laughs> They're like body, like I know Scott Hahn, <laughs> bodybuilders. Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. So uh, I flew you back in just for this interview. Absolutely. You, you happened to do it a training at a Blaze Ministries where we work and we've contracted you out to come and, and do a training. But I flew you in just for this interview. I, right? Whoever's paying the bill, I'm happy <laughs> for it. <laughs> yeah, I hope Matt doesn't hear this because he might make me pay for it. <laughs> so uh, we talked about your book that was coming out at the time. Mm-hmm. It is now out. You are the author of The Art of Forming Young Disciples, Why Youth Ministries Aren't Working, and What to Do About It. Yes. Congratulations on finally getting the book out. What Thank is you. it? Thank you. Well, it's a, a new book that's out with Sophia Institute Press. So I am uh, contractually obligated to mention my publisher in every interview, uh, Sophia Institute Press, um, against the, the Art of Forming Young Disciples. And uh, I give presentations around the country on a, a variety of things, but a lot of what I get asked to give a presentation on is um, youth ministry. And in particular, I've kind of carved out a niche saying basically that youth ministries are, are struggling. Um, we're losing young people in the church today. And uh, I recognize that we're really, really good. This is what I talk about in the first chapter, but we're really good at getting young people in the door um, to things and events. Uh, We can fill stadiums with uh, thousands of young people. We can attract millions of people to World Youth Day, but that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, participation is translated into lifelong discipleship of Jesus Christ. Um, And so uh, what I try to highlight or or what are the things in the book, what are the things that actually – uh, make somebody into a lifelong disciple of Jesus Christ. Like what are the common factors when somebody becomes a lifelong disciple and um, how do we actually uh, translate that into the way that we minister, uh, which is why the book is called the art of forming young disciples. Yeah, it's, it's awesome, man. And you've been coming in for this like your third time to come into town. You didn't like me the first time. So you didn't come on the radio. Second time you came on, uh, but you've been laying out this material with us in training. So I um, haven't read I haven't read the book yet. You just handed me a copy. It came out just a few weeks ago. Handed me a copy and you know the reason that I'm going to read it. There are two. I don't usually read books. I usually like pay people to read to me. It's this thing called audible.com. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it. But uh, now that I think about it, it's kind of what we did with you. <laughs> we paid you to come in and essentially give present your book to us. But uh, we talked a bit about it last time. We talked about what is a disciple and how can I be one? How can our listeners be one? We talked about how it's like following a rabbi uh, and, and what it, what the life of a disciple actually looks like. And we're going to pick up right where we left off um, in, our, in, our, in our discussion last time. Again, that was on episode 67, if you want to go check that out. The second reason that I'm absolutely going to, absolutely going to read this is it's 111 pages. Yeah, it's a good it's a good quick read. In fact, I've had a couple of people uh, email me recently saying they read it in a day um, and they couldn't put it down, which was a great compliment. Uh, but um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really quick read. So something you could grab on Kindle or Amazon or, or something of that nature and just breeze through it. Um, but yeah, it was something that I was trying to write in terms of just making something that was really easy to digest. Uh, and really in the book, uh, I mentioned to you off offline, uh, or off, uh, off the radio that we were, it was also I, offline. It offline. was in person. So. Yes. I mentioned to you in person that we were, that I threw a couple of grenades in there. Um, and basically saying things that a lot of Catholics agree with. Uh, for example, there's a chapter in the book called uh, Catholic education. It's a train wreck. Um, and it really, it, it, it really is, and that's not a, a criticism of every every individual Catholic school, but rather recognizing some of the common factors that Catholic schools deal with and some of the challenges that have happened in the last several decades in regards to forming young disciples, because really the primary um, 
I guess you could say investment into young people, or at least the biggest investment into young people is in the area of education uh, from the Catholic church. So um, if we're putting you know, a ton of money into it, we should see a return on that investment. And I, and I throw in a grenade in there that's going to get me. I, I actually just this week uh, handed a whole bunch of copies to leaders in my own archdiocese and uh, gave one to, to one of the leaders who was really involved with Catholic education in our archdiocese. And I said, I'm just going to give you fair warning. He's a friend of mine. There's a chapter in there called, it's, you know, Catholic education, it's a train wreck. And, uh, and he read that chapter first and he pulled me aside like an hour later. I ha- wait, wait, before you go on, uh, yeah. I didn't even told you this. I have actual audio of that conversation of his reaction to when he, when he first read the, uh, when he first read it, this is actually him. I have spies everywhere. This is what he sounded like. <laughs> he, he, he screamed like a woman, but I, I, I have do go on. Keep telling well, the story. He actually said to me, he said, I'm handing a, a copy of this to my superintendent uh, in, in the Catholic schools. He says, and we're going to have conversation about this. Uh, and this is what happened right then. so like it's it's provocative on purpose right right? but then he actually did enjoy it so keep going yeah so i mean the uh so yeah as you mentioned it's 111 pages and there's intentionally things in there uh, things in the book uh, the art of forming young disciples that are that is in uh intentional with regards to it being provocative because i think that if we don't challenge the way that we're forming our young people when nothing's ever going to change and um you know i was on the radio with uh catholic answers uh uh last year just and kind of throw me under the bus. Like, <laughs> oh, I've been on bigger radio shows than yours. Um, well, it, for the purpose, of, <laughs> what's what's interesting about Catholic Answers is uh, people get to call in with their questions, and the topic of discussion was why are young people leaving the church? So that was the topic of the whole show. And of course, you you title things uh, on the show to get people to listen, and that's the type of a topic that would get people to listen. So the very first question I, I was asked was, um, why don't we ever talk about the the young people that are staying in the church and how much they thrive and how much the and it's really is true. Like our current generation of young Catholics, um, millennials and, and the generations after are actually those who are, Me. yeah, you and I, um, those who are actually sticking around in the faith are better formed than previous generations, um, have a passion and a love and a zeal that you didn't necessarily see in previous generations. Like there is hope in regards to our young people in the church, but statistically we're still losing young people in droves. So, um, so when we talk about like, uh, I mean, this book is talking about like, why are we losing young people in droves? And then what is keeping those, like I would call it the 10%, the 10% of young people that are staying Catholic, why are they not only staying Catholic, but thriving in Catholicism? Um, and, and so there's a, um, a great amount of discussion in this 111 page book on, on what the difference is between those two, those two realms. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, you, you shared that story earlier. Um, off, what, what did you say? Offline, you shared it with me offline, yeah, offline about the about the superintendent that shared it. Like, yeah, it's like, oh yeah, he flipped right to it because probably he was worried about what you said, and then he read it and he's like, oh, I get this, right? right. So people are going to have to go read the book to to have that have that same reaction. So there were a couple things that you talked about in our training today that I want to drive into because we we talked about like the practicals of discipleship like that's where we ended our interview last time and you had this great 
acronym. I'm a huge fan of acronyms, by the way. You won me over real early this morning. I can't I can't take full credit for it. I actually stole it from Sean Dalton, who works for the Augusta Institute when we used to work together. But. Well, I don't know who he is, and you're here, so right. Everett well, Fritz go. gets all the credit. If he ever were also, to listen to this, I just want to make sure Sophia that he gets Sophia Institute should... I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> H- Habits was your acronym. Yes. So, what what is the acronym for Habits? Yeah, so the, uh, the concept is that... Um, how do you measure success? Like what should you be seeing if you're forming a disciple of Jesus Christ? And what you should be seeing is that they start to uh, practice discipline in their life. Uh, the word uh, discipline and disciple come from the same root word disary, which means to learn. Um, so a, a disciple of Jesus Christ, one of the, one of the factors or things that you will see in their life, if they are becoming a disciple is that they start to practice disciplines or as I would put it habits um, in their life. And, uh, and I use the acronym habits to um, point out six key characteristics that a uh, disciple of Jesus Christ practices. Number one, a holy hour. So that's where the H comes in. I'm going to go through the acronym holy hour. Um, so they it's have two H's. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, but they have a holy, um, uh, they have an, time that they put aside for a personal relationship with Jesus. Uh, in particular, I think um, attraction to the Eucharistic adoration and things of that nature, but even even less, um, even in a broader sense, they set time aside for a personal prayer life, um, holy hour. Uh, number two, a- accountability. Um, they are not afraid to call out sin in others, and they're not afraid to accept um, that accountability, that same um, uh calling out from others as well. Like they have friendships in their life that hold them to a Christian standard um, and they seek out those friendships. So when you start to see those for, fr- those types of virtuous friendships forming, you start to see a disciple forming. Um, so accountability, be Bible. Um, so habits, Bible. Uh, so they read their Bible. They study the scriptures. They study the teachings of Jesus Christ. We've got acronym inception now because you know yeah. Bible itself is an acronym for That's basic true. instructions <laughs> before leaving Earth. Right. So we've been incepted now with these acronyms. Right. So uh, so there's the Bible, uh, and uh, those who are disciples of Jesus Christ will be in the Word of God, um, which is another way to encounter uh, Christ because He's the living Word of God. Um, then I in habits is invest. Um, they tithe their time, talent, and treasure. Um, young people, uh, we, uh, you start to see this, uh, and I, this is one thing I, I work in youth ministry is so do you, um, we don't focus on tithing, I think enough with our young people or stewardship, uh, and f- helping them to focus on giving of their time and talents. But even just in a few weeks ago, uh, the young people had an audience with the Pope for several days and uh, presented to him a letter from young people of the world to the Pope with regards to several things they wanted the church to know about young people. Um, one of the things they highlighted was that they uh, want their time and their talent and their service to be recognized. They want leadership positions in the church, uh, and young people have a lot to offer. So invest. You start to see a disciple of Jesus Christ invests in their church. Um, habit. T. That's the next one. <laughs> I, had to, I had to do the spelling there for a second. T is, uh, what is T? T is tell. Um, tell. So they tell others about the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, and they're equipped to go out and witness and evangelize and to um, share their story, whether it's on airplanes or in their schools or in their environments. Um, a disciple of Jesus Christ evangelizes. And finally, S is, um, what is S? Sacraments. Uh, so they live a sacramental life where they attend mass. It was one of the easiest things to recognize when you're measuring success. And are you um, building up a disciple of Jesus Christ? Um, 
the first thing you look at is, well, is, is their mass attendance? You know, is, are they attending and receiving the body and blood of Jesus Christ? Are they going to confession on a regular basis? Um, these types of, of activities. If you look at those types of activities, are they um, doing these uh, habits in their daily life? That's uh, the earmark or some of the noticeable signs of somebody who's living out a, a life um, dedicated to Jesus Christ in his church. That's great, man. I hope yep. people buy this book. They got to go buy this book. Search it on Amazon, wherever you find your books, on Sophia Press, Institute Press, The Art of Forming Young Disciples While Youth Ministries Aren't Working and What to Do About It by the most beautiful man named Everett Fritz. Oh, thanks. Congratulations. Hey, how can people get connected with you? Um, I am on Facebook and I'm on Twitter. So I have a page on Facebook, Everett Fritz. Uh, I'm also on Twitter and I have a website, everettfritz.com. And I have another website from a nonprofit ministry that's St. Andrew Missionaries, where I'm the executive director of a ministry that coaches uh, Catholic institutions and how to do discipleship. So standandrewmissionaries.org, everettfritz.com, Facebook and Twitter. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming, Everett. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, we'll be right back with our final segment. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. This is Taylor. I'm back. I'm back. I am back. This is the radio show for loud Catholics. How are you? It's nice to have you back. If you're just joining us, you also just turned the dial. So thank you very much for uh, those of you who have sticked around, sticked around, stuck around. Steaked, steaked roundly. So, Sam, in the first segment, decided that she wanted to talk about marriage and not service, which is odd because she's leading a service retreat this weekend. So I guess she just doesn't want to, she don't want to hear my talk before I give it. It's going to be really good, Sam. I, I gave it today to this man named AJ who's helping you out. We just laughed the whole time, and I kind of made fun of him, which is what I do in most of my talks. So I gave a talk this past weekend at McKenzie's Youth Night. Bunch of junior high crazy people. So I don't know how often you're around junior high kids. Have you ever been to a zoo? What's your favorite animal at the zoo, McKenzie? Red panda. Vet panda? No, red panda. The red panda. Sam. What bee's your favorite? Um, I haven't been to the zoo very often. Mackenzie's very upset by this. How are we friends? I go to the zoo all the time. Well, thanks for inviting me. You're not anymore. I just, anyway, I just saw a friendship end. Just it's now. over right now. I guess, are penguins at the zoo? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I like penguins. Okay. They're cute. So, how uh, disciplined and well-behaved are red pandas and penguins? Um, I think they're pretty cute. They eat bamboo and they lay around and they're really cute. How behaved was the question, right? Yes. You didn't answer the question. Pretty well behaved for a red panda. (laughs) They're like cute babies. As red pandas go. I mean, penguins can do cool tricks, so they would have to be behaved to be able to do those tricks. Right? No? Maybe? Penguins and red pandas are 3,000 times more well-behaved than junior high students. Oh, gosh. So, so whenever I, I go and I give a talk, 
I, I try to make it real interactive. So I just sat on a table last night in front of them, just swinging my legs back and forth, trying to be as much like them as possible. I'm just, you know, four times their size. I literally probably weigh four times the size of some of those sixth grade girls. I'm not even joking. Like, that's not a joke. I mean, I know I don't tell many funny jokes on the show, but that's definitely not one of them. So speaking of jokes, I, I liked starting off with this one. And I start off a lot of my a lot of my speaking engagements with this joke, and I realized that I've never told it on the radio. We are 79 episodes in now. Jeez Louise, people have been listening to me for 79 weeks. That's insane. You people are crazy. What are you doing? Hey, speaking of people listening to me, I got I want Sam, get on your microphone. I want to get your immediate reaction to this news. Okay. For the first time ever. For the first time in forever. forever. Oh, that's not what you meant? Okay. No. For the first time in in literally ever. Okay. I got a non-five-star review on the podcast on iTunes. Really? (laughs) Yep. Three stars. Three stars? Like, I don't understand. Like, okay, I get five-star reviews. Okay. It's like, this is awesome, and I love this, and I want to support it. I get that. If you like the show... Go do that. It takes you 30 seconds and it'll negate this idiot that gave me three stars. <laughs> the th- one star, four star reviews I get as well. It's like, it's not my favorite, but it's pretty good. Okay. One star reviews I get. This show is terrible. I haven't gotten any of those, which is actually mildly surprising. <laughs> so I don't get two and three stars. Like what makes you give two or three stars? It's like, you know what I think about this show? Meh. <laughs> it's like, what, what, like, what do you want from me? I don't understand. What, did they say anything? No, it was just, no, just three no. stars. All the people who have written a review gave me five stars. This person was just like going through the show and was like, eh, three of them. Didn't write anything. Whatever, dude. <laughs> it's okay. Maybe you thought I'd it was still, three I'm, out of three. I'm still averaging a 5.0. Wow. With, with the 3.0 on there as well. So if you want to go help negate this, this is the one person I've been talking about all show. Oh, I the see. The one person we don't like. That's who we don't like. I didn't know. Now I understand. Yeah, now now you do. It's been a it's been a mystery. And we might we might be having another Forte Catholic guy show Forte Forte Catholic Forte Catholic show. Forte Loud. I don't know what you're trying Loud to say. Loud Taylor. What is the show called? Forte, Forte Catholic. Catholic. Another Forte Catholic mystery may or may not be solved. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. So stick around. Dun dun dun. Dun 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 dun. Here's the joke I told him. I love this joke. It's my favorite Catholic joke. <clears throat> Sam, have you heard of the place called Purgatory? Yes. Um, do you think you're going to go there? Well, I'm going to try to get to heaven. Yeah. And if I just miss it, then I'll land in Purgatory. Okay. That, that's my like process. You're shooting for the stars because right. heaven exists in the stars. I'm just kidding. It doesn't. People oh, think that. It's awkward. So, Purgatory... Is the primary reason that I'm Catholic. <laughs> if I was a non-Catholic Christian, I'm pretty sure I'd go to hell. I don't think I'm good enough for 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 uh, heaven. But because I, I've messed up a lot and I'm going to continue messing up a lot, I've tried to get better. And it doesn't really work. <laughs> so, pr- purgatory is the primary reason I'm Catholic. Because I c- I could live for Jesus, live my life for Him. We all know I'm going to continue messing up, but I'll go to purgatory for, you know, like the rest of eternity until the end of time, and then I'll get to go into heaven. 
Because that's what purgatory is, right? Everyone that goes to purgatory is eventually going to get to heaven. It's not like a trial run. <laughs> you were pretty bad on Earth. Let's try Earth 2. It's like, no, this isn't the Flash. <laughs> like that, that doesn't work here. If you don't understand purgatory, listen to a different show because I'm not going to explain it right now. I'm just going to make a joke because that's what I do. Hashtag make a thousand some fun again. Hashtag make purgatory more confusing for non-Catholic listeners again. Okay. Here's the joke. Are you ready? Good. Thank you for not replying. I appreciate that, Sam McKenzie. I have doubled your pay. I'm going to use three listeners for this. Three of the most avid listeners. Annie, Brian, and JP have all died. I'm very sorry to have to announce this on Forte this Catholic. This is really sad. They've all died. Why are you? You don't even know. Well, no, never mind. You know all three. I of them. know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know. Oh wait, yeah, you you, you actually do. You don't even know them. <laughs> so, no, you don't know Annie. I did. I did Annie's interview all by myself. Uh, you weren't even here. You You're left, right. You left me. Okay. You don't know Annie, so it's not that sad. It's only two thirds sad. Can you measure sadness? <laughs> Moving on. So, <laughs> I died as well. I have died. And like I said earlier, I, I didn't get to go to heaven. Didn't go straight there for sure. But, but I didn't go to hell. <laughs> let's, let's, do you have a round of applause for me over there? Oh, gosh. I didn't get to, I didn't go to hell. I can make my own. Oh, you're not plugged in. Yeah, Mackenzie, thank you. This is the high quality stuff we have over here at Forte Catholic. Okay, stop. Y'all are just annoying me now. Okay. Cheers. Oh, geez, Louise. This show is terrible. (laughs) I'm going to give it three stars after we're done. (laughs) So, Annie, Brian, and JP are dead. I die. I immediately, poof, I show up in purgatory. I'm very confused. Like, wait, the last thing I saw was a giant liger and then i was here that's how i die by the way i get attacked by a liger die death liger guardian angel guardian angel pops up it's like hey buddy how are you like "Ah, where did you come from and why do you have 87 wings i am convinced that angels have an odd number of wings i don't know if it's 87 but it's definitely 83 or 87 so guardian angel's like hey hey man you're dead. That liger really got to you. I'm like, dang it. I didn't go to confession before I went to go see the ligers. Now that I look back at it, I definitely should have. I should have seen the risk in going to the liger pit. He says, yeah, well, I've been your guardian angel for a long time, so I've noticed that you're pretty stupid. So I'm like, well, that's fair. It's probably why I'm here. <clears throat> but hey, I'm glad you were here. You were helping me throughout my life, and I didn't go to hell, so mad props to you. He's like, yeah. I was a little worried there for a little while. The Last nine people I was guardian angel for down there. So I I, find, I don't think I'm going to get demoted anymore. I'm like, well, thanks, Mr. Angel. What's your name, by the way? My name is Liger. I'm like, that's just mean. Your name's not Liger. But my guardian angel likes to joke just like I do. He's making Catholicism fun again up in heaven. So we, he's like, I'm going to show you around purgatory. I'm going to show you to your room. I'm like, oh, is this like a hotel? He's like, no, it's more like prison, but it's it's fine. It's more of a cell than a room. Uh, but you know, you'll have, you'll have quite a bit of time here to purge off the extra sins that you have. And then, uh, you'll get to go to heaven. Okay, sweet. So we walk through and we're walking down this corridor and I see our good friend, Annie from the salt and light podcast. And she is uh, chained at the foot to this mangy dog. Before we even get up to the room, I can smell the dog. 
Then I see the dog. All kind of mange and it smells just horrendous. And it's like jumping all over and stuff. And she can't move. And the dog's just running around. And I'm, I look at my guardian angel and I'm like, Liger, like what is going on here? I don't understand. This is not how they taught purgatory on Catholic radio or in my CCE class. This is a little new to me. What's happening? And he said, well, you know, Annie did some things wrong in her life. And this is kind of her penance. This is how, this is how the sin is being purged off of her. all the other connections she had to, to, uh, to, to sin and sinful thoughts and desires are being purged away by this mangy dog. I'm like, well, Catholicism is weirder than I thought. Uh, can we move on? This is kind of weird. Bye, Annie. Uh, so I follow Liger down the hallway. We go to the next room, and it's a little darker, a little damper. Some would even say moist. <clears throat> we, go in, we, we go by the room, and I can barely see. I can barely kind of make it out. I see these two figures, but it kind of looks like one figure. And I'm like, what's going on? And I see our, uh, our friend Brian. He has one of the, you know, like the old school, like you have like that, like the, the old ball and chain. And I'm not talking about marriage. That's what we were supposed to talk about the segment. We're not probably not going to get to it. Uh, <clears throat> you got the old ball and chain. So he can't move at all. He's trying to, to move it around, but it's this, it's this huge thing. It's not big enough. And I start to be able to make out the second figure. The second figure is this ugly and ginormous ogre. Seven and a half feet tall. In purgatory, I, I can immediately judge height correctly. Uh, I'm just kidding. Liger told me. So he's very large. He's got pus coming out of his pores. I'm like, this is nasty. Are you sure this isn't hell? And he said, no, 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 you're not there. I'm like, okay, good. <clears throat> so the ogre is like hugging Brian with all the pus coming out of his pores, going into Brian's ears. I'm like, this is nasty. I don't like this. He said, well, Brian did some things, lots of things wrong in his life. And this is his punishment, how he's going to purge off his connections to sinful things. And then he'll get to go to heaven in 87 and a half years. I said, Liger, that's very specific. Is there some kind of like gauge for this? Like every sin is three months? Like how do you even come up with that? He said, you're not smart enough to understand. Let's move on. I said, eh, fair enough. So we walk down the corridor a little bit more and it gets to the point where I can almost see nothing. Only the light off of Liger's 87 wings are lighting up the room just a little bit so I can see. <clears throat> and we go into this room and there's a spotlight on JP. JP is a good friend of mine. He helped build this studio, put carpet up on the walls. I think that's very telling. Carpeted walls from JP. And I get really confused because it's getting worse and worse and worse as we go down these corridors. I'm getting more and more concerned because apparently I'm going further and further and further into the depths of this fake purgatory. And I, and I look into the room and JP is chained to the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my entire life. The kind of beauty that isn't even possible on earth. Picture the perfect woman in your mind. She's better. Okay? And I'm very confused, and I look at Liger, and I say, Liger, I don't get it. 
What is happening? And he looks me square in the eyes and he says, well, that lady has done some things wrong in her life and this is her punishment. And this is where you all laugh in your cars because that's the punchline and it's funny because eternity, not eternity, but all this time in purgatory with JP is so much worse than being tied to a mangy dog or being uh, having ogre pus in your ears. Okay, <laughs> so that that's my purgatory joke. And that's all we have time for on the show today. I'm just kidding. Here's what we're going to do very quickly. We're going to talk about marriage, the old ball and chain. God, you've heard of him? God created men and women in his own image and likeness. He made us to be like him. Matrimony is called to image the self-donating love of the inner life of the Trinity. And this is getting very complicated. What does that mean? The three persons of the Trinity, three persons, one God. They love, each person is constantly and consistently loving the other persons of the Trinity. So in marriage, we are supposed to reflect that as well. So God's plan, yes, that was a Drake's reference. God's plan from the beginning was that he created man. That man was lonely. That man's name was Adam, not Liger. I bet Liger was there, though. I like to think that. I'm going to read every story now with my guardian angel, Liger. <laughs> in the background. <clears throat> so the man was lonely because there was only porcupines and that was weird. God gave the man a woman and the purpose the purpose of marriage was to bring the two together. He wanted a, he wanted a mate, a soulmate, someone to be together with and for God's command to be fruitful and multiply. So that was the perfect plan and it's the same for you and me. Like God created me I was lonely, very lonely throughout junior high and most of high school. I thought I was very pretty. The females did not. So I didn't date much, but I was lonely. And then God gave the man a woman. And I met my beautiful wife in church. That's the holy version that we tell. <laughs> we did meet in, we, we kind of met in class. We hit it off. And then. We came together in marriage. We have three children, so we followed God's commandment. That's the best commandment I am. At, uh, the best commandment I follow. To be fruitful and multiply. I'm good at that one. Marriage is awesome. It's the only time we ever get to co-create with God. I told you right at the end, I'd share something very special. This might be the last time I ever say we didn't have enough time to get to Father Jared. We'll see. Will he show up next week? Will he not? Say it! Howdy, folks. Thanks for listening to today's show. As always, you can find all things Forte Catholic, whether it be new music, new talk recordings, where the booking is happening, having me come out to your church, older shows of the podcast, all of it at fortecatholic.com. Peace.